0: Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, a podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking skill to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Thursday, December 28th, 2023. Week off, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy whatever you celebrate. We're turning the calendar into the new year, but before we do, we are reviewing, I would say, the biggest movie of the holiday season, Wonka. And unfortunately, Ty, for this holiday season episode, we are, I am not looking at your beautiful face Because it is also the season of being sick, so we are doing this virtually.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is that is unfortunate. But I'm glad we get to talk about the the biggest holiday movie of the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm already getting thrown off, you know, my uh my recording equipment is acted strange. It's never acted strange before. I'm just I'm a little shaken up right now, you know. And I I've seen Wonka saw it two weeks ago. Uh so it's been this might be the longest time from watching a film to reviewing it for a new movie that I've ever done. I mean, we've reviewed some older movies like Anchorman and stuff in the past, uh, but I would always rewatch those. So uh, I don't know. I might not be on my A game today, Ty. So I'm gonna need you to really uh, lift me up, you know, something like, like how Shohei Otani and uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto are going to lift each other up on the Dodgers. I need you to lift me up and be my Yoshi. Got it.
1: Okay. I'll I'll be your Yoshi. Um, Yeah, I don't, I think you're, this is going to be your most accurate movie review you've ever given because there's no recency bias. You let it simmer you got to think about it a bit so i feel like i'm more confident in your score today than i ever am
0: <laughs> i will say notes were taken for this film doesn't always happen because i always feel bad about it uh no one else was in the theater didn't feel bad about pulling my phone out and taking notes so despite being the biggest movie of the holiday season i was able to see it in an empty theater take some notes and i'm excited to talk about the film ty that is
1: wild because my my theater was like fucking full but I digress. I, I can't wait. Let's talk
0: about it. Let's get into the show. 100 of the time, it works. Every time. John Deimos. What? We just become best friends. Yup. I'm so sorry. Hulk. Smash! out. I'm
1: not fucking leaving. <laughs> the, the-, the show goes. Willy Wonka makes some of the world's best chocolate, but when he attempts to open his own chocolate shop, the rich elites at the top of the chocolate game will do anything they can to stop him.
0: Wonka. 2023 yeah. prequel. This is actually, uh I don't know if this has been confirmed confirmed, but I saw some YouTubers saying this, so I'm just going to pretend like they're always right. They said that this is like a canonical prequel to the Gene Wilder. Uh, Willy Wonka slash Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I always forget which one is named which because they are named different. Um, this is a canonical prequel. So this is actually young Gene Wilder that we're watching, Ty, in the flesh in 2023.
1: Screen Ramp says it is a companion movie to Gene Wilder's 1971 film with intentional connections and references to the original.
0: Mm, feels like a cop out. Feels like a cop out. Especially when they could have just kept making more of these movies like I thought they were going to do. Uh. I thought they were going to tease Charlie or something at the end, or maybe even grandpa Joe. Maybe there'd be a young spry boy or not spry, a young poor boy that's laying in the middle of the street with his mother. And maybe he would have got a Wonka chocolate and then he would have done a one, two, two step while his mother perished.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a
0: young deadbeat. No good son of a bitch. (laughs) Um, 83% on rotten tomatoes for Wonka 90, uh, my windows cutting off 91% audience score. Uh, this movie's made money, at the very least, uh, $280 million in the box office thus far at the time of recording, $125 million budget. Which, budgets like this, like, obviously, objectively, a $125 million movie is still very expensive and still a lot of money. But, like, how do movies like Killers of the Flower Moon cost $200 million and then you have this grandor movie with all these set pieces for, like, half that price tie? Can you explain that to me? No,
1: no, I can't even
0: remotely begin to explain that. I have
1: no fucking clue behind the business part of movies. I've just accepted that like budgets aren't real. I kind of think they're just like fake numbers that uh, you know what I think. I think the production companies honestly have no idea how much this is costing them. (laughs)
0: It's just, I think they've
1: gotten to a point. It's just so many numbers and so much money that they're just like, I don't know, just throw a fucking number out there and we'll just, you know, file that for taxes.
0: It's just all a huge money laundering scheme. I mean, shit, you had a, Was it not Warner Brothers that scrapped a movie and then is trying to use it as a tax write-off, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, yeah. They they did it with multiple. Um, I know they scrapped Batgirl, but I don't I know at least one of them they're actually trying to use as like a tax write-off as a loss, which is just hilarious. Um that's just such a such a baller move to like make a movie, look at it, be like, this is really bad. It's not gonna make a lot of money let's just not release it and it could be a tax write-off and that'll probably hurt us less than releasing it and it only making $50 million. Hey, maybe they should have done that with Aquaman, the movie we're not reviewing today, just saying.
1: Yeah, no shit, because that's making nothing. I think at this point, if you make a movie and you're just upset with it, start just start writing off movies left and right because the budgets aren't real. Money's not real. Uh, well, it's real for us. corporations. For us, yes. For them, no. For them, it's just, it's just very tell make believe it's as real as the chocolate in this movie
0: (laughs) aquaman in the lost kingdom by the way ty we usually try to either do like oscar you know movies that are getting buzz whether it be award season or just people love them or we'll try to do movies that are getting buzz for the box office and you know some some recurring within the lines listeners might be like hey these guys are comic book guys why haven't they reviewed aquaman well the reason is that it's made less than half of what wonka has made Wonka did have a five day head start if you want to count that, but that's like kids were still in school and like, yeah, it made decent money in those days. Like obviously those were still its best days, but yeah, no one cared about Aquaman. It's the end of the DCEU. Those movies suck. Anyways, the Aquaman movies aren't great and it is what it is. We're not, we, we did ourselves a favor. We gave ourselves a Christmas present by not having to watch that film.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it seems like it's not well um, financially or critically. It doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like anyone really enjoys that movie one bit. And that's fine if the movie's fun and and people want to go watch it. But no one wants to watch this also. So it's it's, what's the point, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Like I mentioned, I saw Wonka two weeks ago now. I I saw it on a a Monday, uh, Monday the 18th. So not quite two weeks. Uh, We didn't record last week because of Christmas, even though Christmas was technically this week. But you know how it is with Christmas. Um, I will say, like I said, Mm -hmm. only people in the theaters... Went with Riley and her friend Grace, and they kind of ruined the experience for me a little bit. Ty, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I was just being all by your lo- by your lonesome. I I well, just you know, they were making fun of me a little bit. You like like this podcast knows, like you knows. I'm a little bit of a vocal watcher, um, and when no one else is in the theater, I will lean into that vocality. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about like I'm not gonna sit there and chatter and talk about the movie and like ruin it for everyone else. But if something funny happens, like Keegan Michael Key in a fat suit, I'm gonna say, huh. They should keep bringing fat suits back. And I did say that in the theater. And uh, just every time I would open my mouth, uh, I was just told to stop talking. What's that chatterbox talking about now? Uh, I think that actually the exact term was what's he yapping about now uh, from Grace O'Reilly. Oh. So kind of hurt my feelings Yikes. a little bit. Uh, got a little emotional towards the end and they were just snickering because the last like the castle they show with the, the girl's mom where she's a librarian was in that Saltburn movie. So they were like snickering about it because that Saltburn movie, I guess, is really weird. We haven't reviewed it here and within the lines. And I was oh. getting a little emotional and they ruined the emotional moment for me. So I don't know. I, I always talk about my bad movie-going experiences and the bad people watching it. This time it was my own fiance. You know, the clo- the ones closest to you will hurt yeah. you the most sometimes. That's,
1: that's tough, man. Yeah, because you have no one to blame but the person that you uh, are planning to spend the rest of your life with. So yep. just keep that into account. Um, you know,
0: that's all I'm saying. How was your movie going experience? I think you went with your son, correct? I did. Yeah.
1: Wife and son went, um, he was, he was a little wiggly, did fucking great though. Whole movie took a little nap. Um, maybe made noise like one time. I will say like, if it's like, you know, shouldn't be bringing the baby to the theater because he might make noise. The 12 year old sitting next to me was way more vocal and annoying than my, my 10 month old son. So, uh, <laughs> Keep that kid at home next time. How about that?
0: Yeah. And Um, that conversation, it's always like I'm not going to – I've always said like when the Little Mermaid crowd was crazy, like it annoyed me, but it's the Little Mermaid. What can I expect? Wonka, you're expecting kids, you know, so it's like you bring your baby. It is what it is. Now, if you, Tyler, brought your – baby, you brought Xander. As much as I love Xander to death, if you brought him to Oppenheimer and he was crying mm -hmm. during the bomb scene when it was all quiet, I might give you a little bit of a dirty look. I'm not going to lie to you, sir. Yeah. No, 100%.
1: But the sweet thing is is like my kid just doesn't cry. um we've gone to like three movies he's cried zero times in all three of the movies, so that helps a lot.
0: You better knock on some wood man. he's super calm now and <laughs> maybe he's saving it for the terrible twos. Yeah, he's gonna be a nightmare,
1: but no, I had the complete opposite experience. I had to sit at the very end of a row because my theater was sold out. It was like the night showings on a Wednesday. Everyone's out of school right now, and it was still packed. I mean they're gonna have a great second push for like box office numbers with this movie, um, with the holidays and shit and everyone being out of school because there was multiple showings that were damn near all sold out. And we found two seats next to each other. So I went and saw it at uh, Cinemark. Um, I I actually do have an announcement. Oh, let's hear it. I'm now a Cinemark movie club member.
0: Oh, you're going to push me over the edge. I've been thinking about it for a long, long time, Ty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we signed up.
1: It was a joke because my uh, Andrew, my basically brother-in-law, works there. Mm-hmm. But he is not a Cinemark movie club member, but he wants us to be one. So we could, he can get discount on like merchandise and shit the stuff. He doesn't <laughs> get employee discounts on. And uh, we gave it to him as a, a Christmas present, us buying the movie club um, thing was his Christmas present. It was a wonderful gift. If I might say
0: nice. I love that. Is uh, it basically
1: already paid for itself? Got the free ticket, got a discount on popcorn, got a discount on second ticket. It's a great deal. It makes a lot of sense, Ten, especially for us.
0: $10 a month.
1: Yeah, I think it was like twelve,
0: but yeah. Yeah, but you get a free ticket. Those even the cheapest day, those tickets are seven bucks. I mean, oh, that is such a great deal. I, I've been really thinking about the Cinemark Movie Club tie, and this sounds like an ad read for Cinemark Movie Club. But I've been I've been thinking about it, and you doing it <laughs> might push me over the edge. Um, I can't be alone. If we go to the movies together, and it's you, me, Rye, Victoria, Xander, or just you and me, or whatever the situation is, I can't be the guy that doesn't have Cinemark Movie Club. With the guy that has Cinemark Movie Club, like I look yeah. like such a schmuck. Yeah, it'd be real awkward when I pop out my phone to get my reward points, and you're just
1: standing there with your fucking debit card in hand, like like a commoner.
0: <laughs> and you get the waived online fees, member pricing for additional tickets. For more information, check out I'm tell- Cinemark it, it Movie it literally... Club. <laughs> Doing fake <laughs> Not ad? There. Though. Not an ad. Not an ad. No online fees though. That's huge. Fandango charges like six dollars when you buy two tickets and online fees.
1: Yeah, none of that. Like, it literally already paid for itself. It was a great, it was a great investment um, for this podcast. Since we go to the movies all the fucking time, and uh, highly recommend it for you, Jay.
0: All right, I will. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. And uh, I will say though, I live a quarter mile from a movie theater. Uh, I can literally walk there, and it is not a Cinemark, so uh, it is nice just being so close. And Cinemark's a little far for me, so it might, I, I might still just be a Civic guy. I don't know. We'll see. And now, if Civic Plaza was a Cinemark, oh, I would have been signed up two years ago. Uh, I would have been yeah. signed up. Dur- I would have been paying the Cinemark Movie Club during the pandemic just as an act of good grace to them. Um, so, I don't know. We'll <laughs> we'll see, Ty. Uh, before we jump into the movie, I just wanted to ask you, first time we've talked since then, how was your Christmas, Ty? It was great. It was a good time.
1: Uh, got to watch Xander rip open some presents and then get really bored of it and us have to open all of his presents, which was a lot of work, me and honest. He was kind of selfish.
0: But uh, besides
1: that, it was a good time. Had a great time. Didn't really do much. I'm trying to think.
0: I think we literally did
1: nothing. I don't remember, that but that's the best nice. way to spend
0: Christmas. That sounds nice. Yeah. my I had a that's long a day, time. a long, long day. Did you from, from about seven a.m. to eight thirty p.m. Uh, three different houses, back and forth and back and forth, and uh, it was a long day, but it was a good day. Christmas is always a good day, Ty, and uh, it was good. And I'm I'm happy you have your you had your first Christmas with Xander. I'm sure that was a great moment. Yeah,
1: it was a lot of fun. And and the other good part is um, I we only have two houses to go to and my wife's family is hispanic and they everyone knows they celebrate christmas the day before so it was perfect did christmas eve over there during the day went to my grandma's that night and then christmas day hung out with my parents for a little bit and then just chilled. and it was it was magical it was the best it could be
0: riley's family also hispanic does not do christmas eve they do christmas yeah. day they are the outliers i don't i don't get it i don't know yeah. but you know what can i do except the just- whitest
1: the whitest Hispanic thing that they can do is have Christmas on Christmas Day.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, Ty. But I will say they do White Elephant better than anyone else I've ever seen before. I'll give this a little – I'll share this before we jump into the film. I don't know if they came up with this. I don't know if this is a way that other people play it. But pretty much everyone – we usually play in, like, teams. So, like, me and Riley are, like, one entity pretty much. Um, and everyone brings – seven gifts or so we brought a little bit more just because we had random stuff laying around the house but you bring seven gifts they're kind of smaller gifts the the uh gentleman's agreement is about i think four of them are supposed to be good three of them are supposed to be bad uh you end up spending a little bit more i mean me and riley do just because we take it kind of serious and we want to like really have the we don't spend like 25 dollars a gift or anything but we want to have like Funny bad gifts and like actually kind of good gifts, not just a bunch of dollar store stuff, which sometimes is what people do. but um you bring seven gifts, everyone you know you put them on a table, so there's like I don't know eighty gifts on the table, and then you roll dice and it starts with someone, you roll six dice and you start on number one, and however many ones you get, that's how many gifts you get off the table, and then everyone goes around doing ones and then twos and threes, and it goes up to six, and then back down to one. Once all the gifts on the table are taken, you could start stealing from other piles and whatnot. So it gets pretty chaotic and it becomes a bloodbath. And the gifts are never great. I mean, let's be honest, most white elephant gifts aren't usually great. Mm-hmm. Um I, I will say I got two great wild elephant elephant gifts. One was mine and one was yours that you brought, so that was good. Um but in yeah. Riley's specifically the gifts are never great. But it's always a fun time. And you know, one of our gifts is a can of Wendy's chili with a, a free junior Wendy's frosty for all of twenty twenty four. They have those little keychains you could buy for three dollars. I think that's a great yeah. gift for someone. Can of Wendy's chili? It's not a bad gift. Wendy's chili. It's delicious. No, I don't like the chili, but I do like the frosties. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, you know, whether it's a uh, we we had a painting of a wiener dog that said "Merry Christmas" that we found. We kind of brought it, thinking that whoever got it would be like, "Oh, let's give it to you guys." Didn't happen. Ricky just kept it for himself. Kind of selfish of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. That's a great move. <laughs> Every year, we uh, will buy a stinky candle. This year, it was a Thanksgiving dinner candle uh RAP to the hot dog candle. We saw it in Miami. We should have bought it when we had the chance. So it's just a fun time. So I recommend uh maybe spicing up white elephant in the listeners' lives. And I know when I have a house and I'm host the one hosting Christmas, that's the way I'm gonna do it. I'm not doing this traditional nobody really cares twenty five dollar white elephant. Yeah. I mean we did we did a little
1: variation of it with Victoria's family where we all um they got ping pong balls and they had like a baking sheet for cupcakes. So they had holes Mm -hmm. and there was numbers on the different holes. So you'd bounce the ping pong ball on the table and whatever it landed in, that was the gift you got. And then certain of like certain spots on the pan were like steel spots. So if you landed in there, then you could steal someone's gift. That was pretty fun. That was a good time.
0: Nice. Yeah, I can't tell you one thing we actually got in the game itself, but uh, everything else about it is fun, Ty. Just like the film Wonka, let's jump into the scale. Great segue. Plot slash story. And I'll just, I'll, I'll, uh, I have, like I said, I have notes. uh, You know, I'll ease them into the conversation as they come fit. Look, it's the story of Willy Wonka. It's the Willy Wonka origin story. He's moving to a new town. I don't know if they ever actually said the name of the town that he lives in. Uh, He moves to, I couldn't remember. uh, He's in Europe. They just say in Europe. He moves to a European (laughs) town and he's trying to create a chocolate shop and uh, he signs up for a uh, really bad lease at a at a what he thought was a hotel which turns into be a a slave house. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then he's he's trying to trying to create his to- chocolate shop, you know, the system is against him. Uh the existing chocolatiers are against him. They're working with law enforcement. It's kind of like this PG toned down like crooked cops like I don't know, like it feels like there's a yeah. co- a cop movie or like a murder mystery in here. Not a murder mystery, but like a detective movie in here somewhere. Um, and it's <laughs> it, it's a, a kid's movie, so it obviously is lighthearted and everything. And of course, Willy Wonka prevails in the end because we all know he opens a factory. They kind of rushed that a little bit at the end. I'll be honest. It's kind of like, oh, he's got his chocolate shop. He proves all the bad guys are bad. And then he talks about making his castle and everything. But I, it wasn't what yeah. I expected. I mean, I, I saw one trailer. I didn't really know what to be in for. Now that I've seen it, I'm not necessarily surprised by it. And I I feel like a movie I'm I'm thinking of, and I think it's because the set pieces, I think it's because of the fact that Keegan-Michael Key is in both of these movies. If I'm not mistaken, this movie follows a very similar plot to Jingle Jangle, a movie we have reviewed here on Within the Lines, a 2020 Christmas movie on Netflix. Um, It's a musical. It's about someone trying to, uh, you know, in Jingle Jangle, it's the toy maker getting betrayed by his uh, apprentice uh this is i'm reading it was keegan michael key Key was gustafson who i believe was maybe a cop he's the apprentice No, he's the apprentice oh yeah you're right sorry (laughs) you're you're right um kind of similar plot lines though and very similar setting and very similar uh costume design and everything like jingle jangle is the spiritual godfather of this wonka movie um it doesn't rewrite the wheel i like what they did with what they wanted to do i gave it a 13 out of 20 tie
1: yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I give it a 13 out of 20. I mean, it's a very uh, you can see it coming from a mile away type movie. But uh, I do like like you said the different I don't know, set pieces. The 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 story itself is just it's kind of keeps you interested because it is a kids movie and so it's not very slow. It's well paced and it, it like you, you know it doesn't do anything special to where it's this incredible you must see it type movie. But it's a fun enough watch. The story works for me. I like um, I like bringing down the man. Anytime there's rich motherfuckers, you got to get rid of those rich motherfuckers. Even though Willy Wonka very much becomes a rich motherfucker by the end of his story,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I appreciate that. So I'm I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah, you're very uh, anti the person, the guy, the authority, whatever. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I want to give a shout out to um, let's see here, Alana Bennett on Twitter at Alana Bennett. Wonka wishes it were Jingle Jangle so badly. That is a tweet. We also have, or sorry, a post. We also have at user Quiddy. She said, hey, is Wonka just white jingle jangle? She tweeted that back in July. Um, (laughs) So I guess I'm not the first one on this. Uh, But people, it's, yeah, very
1: jingle jangle. I mean, you definitely, yeah, you're very, definitely onto something. Because when you said that, like, it it lines up almost beat for beat. Where it's like the the cops are working with them. and, And you gotta, you know, he's gotta overcome and expose this to everybody in order to make his store. A success versus this big, you know, uh, I don't know what you like corporation type thing, and it's it's just beat for beat. There's just three corporations in this movie versus one.
0: Mm-hmm. And jingle jingle. Some notes I took about the story, in particularly, uh, I wrote that uh, I only took like six notes, but I think they're all funny. Uh, I said <laughs> that Wonka won't steal one liter of milk. There's a scene where uh, what, what's her name Noodle. Noodle attempts to just give him a carton of milk from the milkman. He's like, well, A, he needed giraffe milk, but he's like, Wonka don't steal. And then about 10 minutes later, he steals an entire bunch of balloons uh, from the zoo so he could float in the air with Noodle. Uh, That was also theft. Mm -hmm. Um, I see he draws a line with milk, but not a lot of balloons, which let's be honest, those balloons cost a lot more than that milk, uh, especially if it's like Disneyland prices.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the zoo is going to make a fortune on those balloons if they weren't stolen. Mm -hmm. Cost
0: was very low
1: on it, but the markup on it, like the the possible money they could have made, way higher than a fucking thing of milk.
0: Yeah, for sure. I also said, uh, now this is a little unfair because I realized after I took this note that in his signature, he spells it undercase, but there's a scene where she gives him an A and he has no idea what it is. It's an uppercase A. He's like, what is it? A glass half full and it's an A. And then I wrote, doesn't recognize an A, even though he literally has an A in his name and he is signing his name. Mm -hmm. But Spin Zone, they signed it with lowercase a. So I guess I'm not totally right on that.
1: Okay. I mean, I still don't love it, but he may not know the difference between capital, you know, uppercase, lowercase letters. Mm -hmm. But I'm with you there. It's in his name. he should know those five letters at least.
0: Something I didn't realize till after the film, this wasn't a note, is that he was able to read his mom's, like, secret note she left him because of Noodle at the end. Like, he just reads it. And when I was watching, I was like, why didn't he read this the whole time? And then after the fact, Riley's like said, like brought that up, how Noodle taught him to read. And that's how he could read it. And it made me a little emotional after the fact. I just want to point that out. Um, Emotional
1: that the mother left him a note knowing that he couldn't read because that feels like kind of a dick move
0: by the mom. (laughs) That's a great point. He was like, what was he like 10 years old in those flashbacks? And she obviously knows how to write. And she just never bothered to even attempt to teach him how to read or write.
1: (laughs) No, never.
0: And then intentionally
1: leaves him a note that he cannot read as like a, oh, here you go. Even though it means nothing to him. He can't, he has no idea what the fuck that means. How does he know it was a letter? How does he know that that was a message from his mom? How did not he know that that wasn't just like random fucking like doodles?
0: That is so funny. I didn't even think about that. She is the spiritual Uh grandmother of Uncle Joe is (laughs) Willy Wonka's mom leaving him a note when he's (laughs) illiterate. And she knows he's illiterate because she never taught him how to read or write. (laughs)
1: <laughs> even though she can read and write yes
0: yes um i wrote uh oh my God. you're telling me the entire town knows about his chocolate but not the hotel owner this was the part where he's becoming popular and he's he makes enough money to open a chocolate shop and eventually, obviously, the owner finds out because she poisons the chocolate shop. Um, but before yep. that, he was doing all this stuff around the town and escaping the police. And the owner just had no idea, even though the entire world knew. I guess she was just too busy being uh, seduced by her worker, her co-worker, I guess.
1: Yeah, real problematic, by the way.
0: Um, And I guess the last story-related thing I wrote was uh, Wonka is kind of a savage for enslaving an entire group of Oompa Loompas because of Hugh Grant. They kind of become friends at the end, but like – in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, they're kind of enslaved, no? Like, never feels like they're working together. Maybe they are. I need to go rewatch that movie, but I don't know. No, I, I, I think he hit the nail on the head. And this is my one point with this being the
1: spiritual prequel to that original Willy Wonka um, film. is This is just a different character. Yeah, um, This isn't the, the Gene Wilder Wonka at all. Because, like, in that movie, he's an asshole. Well, he's old like, and brittle. I guess, but it's like, oh, this kid's about to drown. Fucking sucks for him. He shouldn't have done that shit. Where in this movie, he's like, oh my god, what can I do to help you do anything and everything to be the nicest guy ever? When, like, he's just a fucking dickhead.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Maybe this is more of a Johnny Depp uh, sequel or, you know, prequel, but even, you know, obviously in that one, he still lets him drown and everything, but yeah, it's like the Willy Wonka character is a little quirky and everything, and they kind of went overly on that and not so much the what gene wilder actually is or the fact that you know he's enslaving oompa loompas but at the end of this movie they're friends i will say the oompa loompa i was actually worried i was like are they just throwing the oompa loompa in here just to say they have an oompa loompa to sell tickets but like it actually somewhat made sense in the end like there was somewhat of redemption arc of the oompa loompa saving wonka and uh yeah him being in the movie made sense could you have done it without him absolutely but it didn't feel like oh they just put an oompa loompa in here just because at least to me
1: no, I mean, it, it tied into the plot, um,
0: to the story of it. And like, sure, it was an add-on, but it, it
1: works in the movie and it, it makes sense. I would have liked to have seen him um, do the full on, what do they call What do they call like Europeans when they take over, like when they used to take over countries um, like Africa and shit, colonizer? I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen him colonize the Oompas and put them to work in his factory.
0: That's the uh, next movie.
1: Got it. The next movie is when he becomes hard, grizzled asshole and enslaves an
0: entire race. Yeah, it's pretty much. So this was Jingle Jangle, and then the next one will be like Napoleon or something, and it'll just be how he conquers the Oompa Loompas.
1: Because that would have been sick. I would have liked seen. It. <laughs> That's. What I want to take on this that isn't. I I want to take on this that isn't a kids' movie, but it's more realistic to what actually would have happened to him starting up a giant corporation of chocolate and using slave labor to increase increase his profits. Um, I want to see the real version of this. I need the documentary, not like the, the, you know, uh, Hollywood retell of the story.
0: Dude, jot that down, Ty. I don't know. We probably aren't legally allowed to make something like this. Plus we don't have any of the equipment or anything necessary, but I do feel like a a mock- $200 million budget. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be 200 million. It doesn't have to be like a feature film, but like a mockumentary of, uh, Willy Wonka and like all his like, uh. His his the criminal activities he's doing in his business feels like it could be kind of funny. I don't know.
1: No, I, I entirely agree because this isn't this isn't the same movie, and I want to see the actual prequel to that movie.
0: I already got a, a scene idea. You you have like an anonymous interview, and it's like subject has been blurred out, you know, for an anonymity. I can't say that word, and uh, it's still just very obvious it's Zootopia because he's like three feet tall. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, but just a new silhouette is all you get. Yeah, you'll get like his silhouette of his head, and you're like, "That's already the joke." I don't know, and then that it's an oompa loompa, you kind of know. But then, uh, the interview ends or something, and then he he stands up, and the camera pans out a little bit, and you see that he's three feet tall, and then it's really like an oompa loompa, and you're like, "Huh, that's a pretty funny mockumentary." That's what this is. Yeah, that'd be great. Key elements tie. I don't really well the the key elements in this. It's it's a family friendly movie. It's it's an adventure, not really an adventure, but it's supposed to be quirky and off the walls and have that Wonka isms. And, you know, it's a musical. There's also music in this, which also goes into the visual cinematography. But I think I'll give it more credit here. I feel like with musicals, you give more credit to the music and key elements, whereas something like a score of a movie can go on visual cinematography more. If that makes sense when it's not a musical. So that's being weighed in here as well. All that being said, I, I genuinely, genuinely was fine with the music. I didn't dislike any of the songs. Actually, there was a pretty catchy song. I know your wife was making fun of me—the noodle song—because I was trying to sing it Christmas Eve to her. Got it completely wrong, and then she told Riley she heard it in the actual movie and was laughing because just how wrong I was when I was trying to sing it to her. Uh, I thought that song was pretty catchy. Um, the the classic Wonka song at the end, uh, you know, got me my feels. I will say one of my notes: Timothy Chalamet, not a great singer. Uh, maybe cast someone who could sing in a musical lead, just saying. Um, yeah. The construction of the songs were fine. But at the end of the day, I look at this film and I'm just like, yes, it's a different character than the Gene Wilder Wonka. I'm not going to argue you on that. But you could tell they wanted to make a quirky, capture the essence of the quirkiness of Willy Wonka. And that's what they did. From the character itself to... The kind of outrageous set designs. Uh, it, it's realistic, but almost cartoonishly realistic, if that makes sense. Uh, the characters, mm-hmm. cartoonishly realistic. Um, they, there's humor. There's family-friendly humor in this, and I laughed a few times. Um, I told Riley, I think they should bring fat suits back. I think fat suits are just funny. Um, yeah. I I, I I know. You know, I'm body positive. I want everyone to feel great about their body. Pot- their body. Um, nothing like that. But just watching keegan michael key progressively get bigger as he eats all this chocolate uh pretty funny in my opinion um every time he came on screen no that's great yeah
1: (laughs) so it's fucking fantastic
0: um i also one of my notes uh when mr bean confessed his own sins to himself i audibly laughed out loud very loud that was one of my biggest laughs of the year i think uh i'm i love mr bean i'm a mr bean guy i don't even know his real name i think it's like I, i don't even know um but when he goes in and the draft's going crazy and he goes in the confession booth and he confesses his own sins, it was hilarious to me. So the, the family friendly comedy worked for me. The over the top grand nature worked for me. Didn't love the music. Didn't hate it. I gave it a 15 out of 20.
1: Yeah. I, I think the music works really well for this movie. It's not as catchy as some other musicals and, and stuff that we've seen to where there's like very memorable songs. Uh, but it works for, for this style of movie. It's, it's a family comedy and, and, um, I'm la- I I laughed throughout. The one, like, owner of the chocolate company who was just very literal with all of their, like, oh, we're going to make an accident. He's like, yeah, and by accident, we mean fucking kill him. That's a great joke. I laughed every time that guy did that. Uh, the fat suit works wonderfully. It's a great reveal. I will note, going back to this not being a prequel, the other movie, it was just like, this is just... And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a, this is just a chocolate factory. People like chocolate just like they do in the real world. And then we go into this setting and it's like, the entire fucking economy is ran on chocolate and I can pay off the cops with chocolate bars. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Just completely different make-believe land versus like the other one was like, sure. the you know, people fucking flew, but still kind of believable. I could see corporate guy fucking enslaving people and making cool, you know, chocolate and candy. Um, But this one, I'm one point higher. I'm at a 16 out of 20. I think the music works. I think it's very funny. I think it's an enjoyable watch and, and, great for the family which is why it's doing so well right now
0: well doing well by 2023 standards where movies just yes seemingly aren't making very much money compared to you know maybe 2019 best year in movie history uh not as well the goat yeah yeah visual cinematography tie. Right? do you have another point i'm sorry i talked over you there no no you're good lead the conversation sir uh the music the set pieces it's all kind of the same stuff but what would you think of the visuals and the cinematography
1: yeah i think the movie the music spills over into this category but for this it's the set pieces it's the ridiculous song and dance part of the musicals um it's how everything looks and i can't for the life of me know what this movie makes me think of maybe it was jingle jingle this whole time it still doesn't feel like i uh hit the the nail on the head there but it's almost like dr seuss-esque where it's like this is this is a fake world and everything looks so colorful and vibrant and fake, but in the best, like, in a perfect way for this movie to where, like, the the candy shops and all of that, like, it looks way different than even the original movie. Obviously, that's the advances in technology to where they can do that better now than they did in 1971. But uh, the set design was fantastic in this movie for what they were trying to achieve. The music works. Um, um, I'm at a 15 out of 20. I really like the set, the music, how everything looks, and and plays into the style of this film
0: yeah I gave it the exact same score as visual cinematography or as key elements because these kind of categories go hand in hand there's some movies where they just do and I feel like this is one of those movies I gave it a 15 I wanted to make this point and I'm glad I thought of it because you were saying it doesn't you couldn't quite figure out what this movie reminded you of and I, I said jingle jangle and I know you haven't seen these films so obviously that's not what it's reminding you of but Paul King the director is the director of the highly praised paddington one and even higher praised paddington two and yeah the thematic elements in this movie are virtually identical um they're different movies obviously but the way it's shot and the 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 soul of the movie is the same like you very much paul king i believe that's his name very much has his fingerprints all over this it is paul king where you know it's yeah. a movie made by him. And if you go watch Paddington and Paddington 2 after this, tie, you're going to see what I'm talking about. It's the lighthearted nature. I mean, this has turned up a little bit because Paddington's still kind of in the world of realism. Yes, it's a talking bear. But, like, Paddington 2, you know, he – he. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it's very <laughs> similar. And just like, um, you know, what's his name? Oh, God, the guy who made that really bad movie this year. Asteroid City. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson uh, yeah. has a very distinct style to how he shoots things. And uh, Martin Scorsese has a very distinct style how he complains about every movie and then makes mediocre movies himself. Um, Paul King has a very distinct style that just bleeds through this. And I, I don't think they could have picked a more perfect director for this um and you know i I think this movie is not as good as paddington one or two i'm spoiler alert it's just not but if you enjoyed wonka after this podcast go put on paddington because man it's like everything good about wonka and it's just it's just good movie it's just a really good movie i have seen
1: because i have seen other people online discuss how um they feel like basically wonka's edge that i was talking about how he just like doesn't give a fuck in the first movie they feel like that's paul king is why that isn't apparent in this movie because he just makes like such nice likable characters and everyone obviously is, is referencing Paddington on that um so I do feel like he's part of the reason why it feels disconnected from the first movie but you can definitely tell this is this is a director who knows his style who knows what he's wanting to make and you see it in everything you, the theme and all of that it, it very much makes sense from everything I've heard of those Paddington's
0: yeah and I it's not Gene Wild. I think we just – I wish they would just come out and be like, this isn't a prequel. We actually plan on making more movies. This is a different Wonka, and I'd be fine with it. Yeah. But you are right. Like 1971 Wonka, kind of a dick. Uh, like let's just be honest. He's kind of a dick. But like yeah. also let's be honest. Like society has kind of changed a little bit. And Like if they – if Willy, Won- if that movie never exists and they made a Willy Wonka movie now off the, the same book, they probably would tone him down a little bit just because that's just how society is now. Uh, let me get up on my soapbox, but I, I, I <laughs> there's a way for Timothy Chalamet's Wonka to become brittle and angry over the, not necessarily angry, but I don't know. There there could be a character arc there, but when you're just comparing the two directly, yeah, it's it's kind of jarring how different they are. So that's why I hope they make more of these. I hope they make uh you know a, a Wonka two or whatever, however they spin it in the future. I think uh, I like Paul King. I like what he does. This movie was enjoyable enough. And I still like I, – I like schlop. I like these big franchises. I like movies where the whole family can go out. I like the familiarity of it. You know, I'm not trying to get a Wonka, you know, Fast and the Furious where there's ten of them. But, like, I won't mind if there's a Wonka, too, and he's invading the Oompa, Oompa, Oompa Loompa Island and enslaving them. Like, whatever it is, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I... – oh, wait a minute. When we were talking about this, I, all I could think of is the word wonky. Yeah, um...
0: because the movie's Wonka. Well, no,
1: but like wonky, like someone acting wonky or something.
0: And I'm curious, when did the book come out? Uh, it's Roll Dahl wrote it a long time ago. I actually read that book, believe it or not. Haven't read a lot of books. That's one of them.
1: Because the word oh shit, dude. The word "wonky" existed before this. I was curious if he was the reason for the word "wonky." Oh, but he's not. It,
0: 1964. No, that word was
1: in. Yeah, the the word has been used since nineteen. It says mm. so, just completely off base there. But I thought I was on a.
0: Well, he did invite and in, invent the word lick swishy, fizz whizzing wondercrump, snozberry, snoz winger. So there you go. Goes all fun like Flush bunky. I think he was just he was just an adult Doctor Seuss. Oh, here's one. How about umptious yeah <laughs> i've heard people say that word before i feel like you've used that word before <laughs> it, this article bbc.com says he created the word scrumdilly so give him some credit give him okay some credit it wasn't exactly
1: what i was thinking but we were kind of there <laughs>
0: uh that was from his book the bfg published in 1982 characters tie yeah i'm gonna i might surprise you a little bit with this i don't know maybe i won't first and foremost Why did they have to make one of the chocolatiers look like Blonde Hitler? Such a bad mistake. What are they doing? Mm. Am I crazy for thinking this?
1: No, he 100% looks like Blonde Hitler. But counterpoint, he was very funny.
0: Okay. (laughs) I don't know what that counterpoint's meant (laughs) to accomplish.
1: (laughs) I I don't know. They made a Blonde Hitler, but then he was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. So, like, I can't be mad at him. Just shave his mustache. Why
0: did they give him that mustache? It's It's a period piece, Jay. This was before... with with the same haircut like it was like dude what are you guys doing i don't know let's see when
1: does the movie wonka take place
0: well if 19 19,
1: it's based on 1930s london so before adolf hitler was a problem
0: okay crazy so crazy i i can't believe they did that but besides that keegan michael (laughs) key is generally pretty decent at movies he's in like I, i like him i i I miss the days when he's making stand-up comedy stet- sketches. I don't know if it's stand-up comedy sketches, but, you know, the, the skits and whatnot, that's when he's at his best. Um, he does a lot of voice act as well, voice acting as well, but, like, when he's in movies, I'm fine with him. You know, I, I think he stands out a little bit too much. Like, hey, it's Keegan-Michael Key, but in this movie specifically, like, I liked him in it. Again, the fat suit bit was a great bit. I loved it every time it came on. Uh, all the supporting characters, I'm fine with, uh, the villains and everything, like, I wasn't blown away or anything. I guess the thing I really liked in the Noodle character was kind of – I think the child actor gave a good performance. I don't know if she's a child, but I'm sure she is actually. Obviously, she's like 14 in this movie. Um, <laughs> She gives a good performance, but I, I don't think she's necessarily – it's not like unforgettable. Like I'm not like telling people like, dang, did you see Kala Lane in Wonka play Noodle? Like yeah. she's got something special. It's kind of just more of the same probably – on par with the girl from Jingle Jangle, which I don't remember, so that tells you how it is. What I was blown away by in this movie was Timothy Chalamet. I've been a little bit of a Timothy Chalamet hater. That's because Riley loves him so much. Uh, he really leaned into this role. He really leaned into the quirkiness of it, and I think we are seeing. You know, in the in the past, he's done more like critically acclaimed films. Obviously, he's done Interstellar, but he was in Little Women and he was in Lady Bird and you know movies like this. Obviously, he's in a big franchise, Dune. Um, this was kind of a left turn for him, and I, I thought, I thought it worked. I don't think this movie works with a lot of people playing Wonka. I thought the casting was great. If they didn't cast him and it was someone else, I'd be telling you right now that was the casting they wanted to get. He really impressed me, and he might have made a fan out of me. I gave it a sixteen out of twenty tie. Wow! Yeah, I told you I might surprise that's,
1: you. Yeah, that's high praise, especially because I, I wouldn't say aggressively, but I, I pretty, pretty decently disagree. Um. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't love him in this movie. I, I, I didn't. I thought his quirkiness felt very forced at times. Like, you could tell he was trying to act quirky and look at me type thing. Whereas, like, you think of actors who are just, like, radiate that kind of energy on screen. I wasn't... It didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like he was radiating that. It felt like an actor trying to be quirky. And, and the one thing that, like, was in the trailer was the you know scratch that fucking reverse it whatever the fuck he says yeah yeah that was cringe in the trailer and then i was like ah maybe it'll be a little better in the movie it felt just as cringe to me in the movie um i i I don't know i think that there's a lot of people who would have done this better i can't think of who um but i I don't know if he was the right pick so i i'm at i'm at a 12 i think he was fine i did like the side characters more than you it sounds like i do think keegan michael key this is the most like non-Keegan-Michael Key character that he's played in a long time because usually he just feels like the same kind of fucking guy or I mean, it might have just been the fat suit the fat suit maybe giving me some uh, <laughs> yeah you know clouded judgment here but uh i like the side characters more than you i i didn't love timothy chalamet in this movie
0: wow i'm i'm a little surprised i i would be failed i'd be remissed failed to i don't know i should mention <laughs> that hugh grant was the perfect casting for an Oompa Loompa, in my opinion uh riley hates hugh grant he's the villain in paddington 2 he also is the villain in uh dungeons and dragons which is kind of just like the same character as paddington 2 it's kind of funny um and he just plays a good <laughs> villain and he's not really a villain in this but like i thought he was a great Upalumpa. um that was a great casting as well and i'm looking at the reviews this is just the first page of google so it's like obviously this isn't a a wholesale um representation but just what i'm saying seeing right here i'm seeing reviews that says uh timothy chalamet delights in fizzing blah 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 whatever it says timothy chalamet waltzes through it and then i see one that says timothy chalamet bites off more than he can chew um timothy chalamet is the worst part of wonka timothy chalamet makes a winning willy wonka um there's the audience is very split on this timothy chalamet performance so i don't think we are uh different than I, I guess this encompasses kind of what people think because one of us liked it one of us didn't and it was cringe at times i admit i think some of that's the writing but i i thought he kind of leaned into the like quirky cringeness a little bit like the scratch that reverse it yes it was cringy and it was cringy when it happened but i don't know the way he pulled it off like it didn't take me out of the film and i kind of respected it and maybe it's because i came in as a hater and that just it him surprising me may have gave it a little bit more juice it- but I – it sounds like you thought he bombed. I came into this thinking he was going to bomb, and I didn't feel that way coming out of it besides his singing.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I went into it the same way as you because from the trailers, they, they choose, like, the cringiest, quirkiest moments, which d- don't play well in the movie. So I thought he was going to do bad, and I, I never believed it throughout the whole movie, honestly. And, like, everything else with the movie works well for me. I like – like, again, I like the setting. I like the comedy. I like the music. I didn't love his performance with it. it, and I don't know. Maybe this is a polarizing performance where something like there's just one thing, either you buy it or you don't type thing, and I think that really plays a lot into whether you feel like this was a good performance because I, I it just felt forced. It felt like a, a drama kid at giving a quirky performance versus like genuinely this is a quirky person. I, I think of someone like Jim Carrey who can play these oh, outlandish well. fucking roles. Well, it's just, like, That's the when goat, he baby. plays these ridiculous outlandish roles, it feels so genuine. And, like, this felt complete opposite of, of genuine to me. It felt like someone trying to give that kind of promise.
0: If they want to continue this version of the Willy Wonka character and they want to do, like, another, you know, he's given the factory away story, they got to cast Jim Carrey, right? Like, that would be so fucking great. He'd
1: give a great Wonka. I think Jim Carrey could also be an asshole. I think he would be, one to, like, fantastic. Willy Wonka, but I think they're a few years late because he is quite old.
0: Well, Wonka's retiring, you know, in the in the, the original. So Jim Carrey's at retirement age. He's 61. People retire at 65. He still, he didn't look 61 as Eggman. He was great as Eggman.
1: That's true. They can make him, a, maybe, you know, hit the makeup, make him look a little younger. I think he would give a good uh, Wonka performance. I do.
0: I will say about Timothy Chalamet, uh, he was actually nominated for Best Actor in uh, Call Me... By your name? Call me by your name. Movie I've never heard of. 2017. This is like an easy comparison, and I'm sure I'm not the first one to say it, especially because he's played the same character as this person now. But he gives me real, like, Johnny Depp vibes. Like, I I would just wouldn't be surprised if in 25 years, you know, minus hopefully the outside stuff, like he has a career like Johnny Depp where he takes some of these oddball roles and he really, you know, whether it's Wonka um or whatever he does in the future and then he also st- tries to do this serious stuff you know i know depp has tried to done some serious stuff tried to do some serious stuff i don't think dune is going to be his jack sparrow but maybe he has a jack sparrow in his future as well like and they kind of look alike like not like super alike like you could tell them apart but like young johnny depp and timothy chalamet like kind of heart throbs oh yeah i don't know 100%. we'll see i think i think uh timmy t or whatever the hell riley calls him might be following the johnny depp path so I don't know what's next for him. No, Rango. And that's
1: the thing. <laughs> I, I well, that's the thing with Timothy Chalamet is like I've seen him in other stuff. Like he's in Don't Look Up as a side character, this this kind of weird kid, and and he it works in that movie. I think he gives a very good performance in Dune, and I like that character in Dune. So he's a very good actor. I I think he needs to work on making his quirkiness feel more authentic. I do.
0: Yeah god johnny depp's been in so much
1: would love to see him as a pirate though
0: (laughs) you would yeah give it to me why not i'm sure they'll reboot that aren't they actually aren't they already rebooting that isn't there a new one coming out like announced in like 2025 or something Uh,
1: i don't know but it would make sense i mean those movies made a billion fucking dollars when they're at their peak why wouldn't they try and reboot that franchise
0: According to Screen Rant, this is August 2023. Pirates of the Caribbean 6 is in development, but there's still no confirmed release date. The script is currently being developed by Ted Elliott. There's speculation about Johnny Depp's Depp's return as Jack Sparrow, with reports suggesting that he may collaborate with Disney again if it's the right project. Margot Robbie's proposed Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff has been canceled. Um, Look, I I will stand on my soapbox again. I will make a bold declaration, Ty. I will not watch Pirates of the Caribbean 6 if Johnny Depp's not in it. And I won't do it for this pod either. I'll, I'll do a scale and not even watch the movie.
1: You'll watch me. Let's be real.
0: I'm not watching. I didn't watch the one without him. The last one, number five. Oh, wait, number five he was in. So I did watch it. No, I just didn't watch that one, but he was in it. But <laughs> I'm not watching a number six without him. I will say that.
1: He said I won't watch five with him, but I won't watch six without him. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, well, the writer it's is fantastic. The writer for this new one is the screenwriter for the first three, and those were like the only three that were actually good. So that's promising, right?
1: Yeah, I but those movies, like, they were good when they started. Those were very entertaining films. I fucking love those movies. So gimme a give me a dirty Timothy Chalamet. He looks too clean. He looks too much of a pretty boy. Give him some dreadlocks like they did Johnny. And um let's put that boy on a fucking boat and see how he does.
0: <laughs> All right, I love it. Enjoyment, Ty. Um I had a fun watch. This movie made me laugh a few times. Almost made me cry if Riley and Grace didn't ruin it. And those are always the two favorite things I like to do in a movie. Um, I don't see myself thinking about this movie, like, you know, days after almost like the next movie were we were going to review next week that I've already seen spoiler alert, not going to say the name. Um, but it, it was, it was a fun watch. Like I, I would watch it again. I would recommend it to people. I'll recommend it to my parents. What's on streaming. Like, I don't know. It's, it was good enough. Like this could have been really, really bad, uh, remaking a, a Wonka prequel. And it wasn't that like they've learned you can't just make these movies anymore and hope that they're you know just make money like you actually have to make something somewhat decent and they did the right job of hiring a good director with a vision and when you boil it down to its its bare ingredients it is kind of repeatable and whatever but it was still enjoyable I gave it a 15 out of 20.
1: Yeah I'm, I'm same score 15 out of 20 I didn't love his performance but the movie as a whole I really did enjoy it's a very easy watch it's a fun watch. Um. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, you gotta go watch this movie to anyone. But it's a fun enough watch. It's a good time, especially if you if you know you're going with as a family type thing. Because like, I, I do think that every age demographic is gonna get something that they kind of enjoy out of this film. And I I do think that boils down to a director and their vision. It doesn't feel like everybody had their hands in on this. They let him do his thing, and it seems like this this is kind of just this guy's style. And it works. It comes through. It makes it a very enjoyable movie. It it isn't slow. It's well paced. You're engaged the whole time. You're in and out. You get some laughs. You kind of get a little warm, fuzzy feeling towards the end. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed this film. It is it's surprising. I thought I wasn't gonna like it at all, and I'm glad that it's doing. Well.
0: What does that bring your final score to?
1: That gives me a final score of 71 out of 100.
0: All right, well, that's a fair score. I gave it, a, you give it I gave it a 74. With the big difference being our differing opinions on Mr. Timmy T Timmy Timothy Chalamet.
1: Yeah. That does put Wonka gives it a combined score of 72 and a half, making it the 97th movie out of 210 films we have reviewed. It is with the likes of fucking jingle jingle, baby, exact <laughs> same score.
0: Oh but we don't do this shit on purpose. That is perfect. <laughs> oh man. And and just because our I don't know how this gets categorized.
1: I'm assuming it's alphabetical. Splitting up those two movies is the most opposite of that movie possible. The Norton
0: with a 72 and a half as well, which I was a lot lower on than you. So that's the only reason it was that low to yeah. begin with. Um, I gave it movie. 23 points lower than you. That's great. Jingle, jangle and Wonka are spiritual cousins and they so happen yeah. to get the exact same score. You can't make this up, Ty. You just can't. The scale never lies, yeah. dude. It never lies.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. You brought it up in the middle when my score was already locked. And here we are because it's—they're the same fucking movie. They're the same movie, just with different beats and characters and people. But it's the same shit.
0: Yeah, I I can't can't say I disagree. Ty. Uh, Random AI thing of the week. I don't even know what to call us anymore because we just go on different things every single week. I went over to ChatGPT, my friend ChatGPT 3.5. I thought it would have a name or something. It doesn't. ChatGPT needs a name. Let me ask it real quick. What name can I call you? Um, Because I just. Assistant. Okay, it is my assistant. I went over to my gotcha. assistant Ty and I asked if each member of the original Avengers was a candy bar. What candy bar would they be, Ty? Okay. I don't know how to go through this. Um, I guess I'll just read you the six uh candy bars, and you just gotta try to match them. And uh, okay, I'm gonna say you gotta get like four out of six right. I don't know. So no particular order. Yeah, okay. And it's this original six Avengers from the film in 2012, not the comic book six Avengers.
1: Hold on. Can I make some guesses here? Actually? Yeah. Go ahead. You if know, this what? is a. Yeah. this is like a Buzzfeed article and they're like, you know, which candy bar would the Avengers be if they were a candy bar? This is exactly um, what it is. One of one. It's hundred percent. One first one I'm going with is a hundred grand for Tony Stark because money, obviously. Um, next one, I'm going all American Hershey's for captain America. Um, Just rattle them all off, and then I'll give that. you the
0: actual candy bars.
1: I'll follow that up with a Crunch Bar for Hulk, because he likes smashing things and
0: Smash Crunch, kind of
1: the same deal. Um, Black Widow, I'm going to go with... Oh, man. I'm going to think Kit Kat for that. I have no explanation other than the candy bar's red. And then for Hot... What, well, you said Six Avengers? You I forget? Oh, I'm forgetting Thor. Thor. What is Thor? it feels very precise. What's a, what's a precise kind of candy bar? Thor, I'm going Snickers, because... I don't know why. He just feels like a Snickers guy. Okay. And a Hawkeye. We're gonna
0: rock a M&M. <laughs> I will say you got you didn't get any right. Uh well, I shouldn't tell you that. Uh, well fuck. I kinda well now That's you know. fine. That's fine. You got two bars of the six. I'll give you that. Your six bars, Ty, in no particular order, are a butterfinger. Which Oh I forgot Butterfinger. Hilarious story. Tyler hates peanut butter, likes butterfingers, found out. 18 months ago that butterfingers had peanut butter in it. <laughs> so, yeah. Kind of fraud walk. Ask
1: me how many butterfingers, ask me how many butterfingers I've had since then. How many butterfingers have you had since then? Zero. <laughs> I haven't had a single fucking one. <laughs> That's
0: great. you six bars
1: are... You ruined it for me. <laughs> like, you ruined it for me. It's li- <laughs> Oh my god. Really because before I didn't associate them like it's peanut butter, but it's not real. It's not like a Reese's cup. So, like, it was it was separate for me, but now that, like, anytime, like, I, I, like, think about eating one, I'm just like, fuck peanut butter, and it just doesn't sound good.
0: Tyler doesn't like peanut butter because uh, he threw it up last time he had it, and that's all he could think of, which, valid. I hate throwing up. Like, throwing up's probably my one-of-one one least favorite thing in the world for just myself, and valid, mm. but, uh, man, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, has your son had peanut butter, aren't you supposed to give it to him at a young age, make sure he's not allergic? Mm, no, he hasn't. I don't think. Keeping the tradition alive. All right, so we have a Butterfinger, we have a okay. one hundred grand, which I already told oh. you you didn't get it right, so that kind of ruined that because you would yeah. just guess the same. We have a Snickers, okay. We have a Twizzlers, not really a bar, but it's candy. What the fuck is a Twizzlers?
1: Can I look up what a Twizzlers is? Yeah,
0: go ahead, look what a Twizzler is. It's the the really bad red vines where it's oh, like it's strawberry it's flavor. Licorice. Yeah. yeah, it's just shit licorice. Uh, okay. Milky Way, and finally, this Ooh. one's a little cheat. Because it's not a chocolate bar, but cha- my assistant, ChatGPT, is kind of dumb. It's just dark chocolate.
1: Just just dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. None of the Avengers are black. Um, so that one really is threw- a curveball there.
0: Butterfinger, 100 oh, oh, my
1: God. Black Widow, dark chocolate.
0: I will tell you at the end. You got to lock in all six.
1: Black Widow, dark chocolate. Um, For Twizzlers, they feel kind of useless, and, like, there's a lot of different versions of this that's better. We're going to go Hawkeye for Twizzlers.
0: Okay, I like the logic. <laughs>
1: Butterfinger. I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know. Butterfinger, I'm thinking yellow and blue. And when I think yellow and blue, those are the colors of lightning. We're going Thor, even though that's not his color of lightning, but still, we're going Thor. Um, 100 grand. 100 grand feels like an old man one, also. So we're going to go Captain America because he's ancient. What was the other one? What were the other Snickers ones? Snickers
0: and Milky Way.
1: Snickers and Milky Way. Snickers, Tony Stark. He's got an attitude. He's not him when he's hungry. Milky Way. Captain America. Even though Hershey's was
0: the right answer, well, you already said a hundred grand was Captain America. You didn't give any to Hulk. Oh my god! So you have a hundred and grand, hundred grand in Milky Way. You both said Captain America, but you need to give one of those to Hulk.
1: Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to switch. Milky Way is Thor. Space was the other. One. I already forgot the other one.
0: Hundred grand going to be wrong. Milky Way, and you just switched off of Butterfinger.
1: <laughs> Butterfinger is Hulk. Milky Way is Thor. Hundred grand, Captain America, Snickers, Tony Stark dark chocolate black, black widow twizzlers
0: hawkeye locked in oh ty that was painful that was like watching a game show at home and you're like they're so close and then they make changes at the end and it makes it all worse you were so close to the clean sweep ty so close no. and then you overthought the milky way we have iron man it's as space. a we have iron man as a snickers a classic with okay. a mix of different elements just like tony's personality snickers has a nougat Mm. caramel and peanuts representing stark's complexity other one you got correct black widow dark chocolate elegant mysterious and a bit intense much like the character of black widow dark chocolate symbolizes her enigmatic nature you got hawkeye for twizzlers not because they're useless it's because twizzlers are slender and precise similar to Hawkeye's skills with a bow and arrow you got those (laughs) three and then you messed up the other three we have Captain America with the Milky Way, a timeless and wholesome choice reflecting Captain America's no, classic wrong. and virtuous nature. We have Thor at the Butterfinger, like you originally said, powerful and robust like Thor's godlike strength. The crispy peanut butter core of a Butterfinger represents the thunderous power of Milner, And then you have Hulk, a hundred grand, reflecting the transformation from mild manner mild mannered to a force to be reckoned with, much like Hulk's alter ego. That's What's a the transition
1: in a hundred grand?
0: I don't know. I've never had a hundred gram bar.
1: Is gum candy because Hulk feels like you should be five gum.
0: <laughs> That's I like that. I like that. Yeah, Hulk should be five gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Look, man, I I say it every week. I feel like I gave the right answers there. Um, I think Chat GPT got it wrong.
0: Well, as a writer, I know that uh, Chat GPT probably isn't coming for my job anytime soon. Hopefully, so. At least there's that. No, they fucking suck at this still. So, I don't know. We'll see what we do next week, Ty. When we review, which movie are we reviewing next week?
1: We're reviewing a movie that some people on this podcast have already seen and may or may not have said it's one of their favorite movies of the year.
0: Um, Oh, you saw my tweet? We're
1: reviewing the Iron... I did. Yeah, it's a great tweet. Um, We're reviewing the Iron Claw. The Zac Efron, uh, the guy from The Bear, I don't know his name. Wrestling movie. We're talking wrestling.
0: Yes. Um, I'm excited to watch this film.
1: Uh, Jeremy Allen White was the guy. I couldn't remember his name. I'm so sorry. It's okay,
0: Ty. I forget. Look, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I tweeted where it ranks on the scale. If you really wanted to do the work, you could go look at all the the scores I gave those movies, and you could pinpoint what score I gave the Iron Claw. But it made my top ten movies of the year. It did. Um, it, it's that's all I'll say I don't want to spoil too much we'll talk about it in depth next week but Ty I'm excited for you to watch this movie because I'm still thinking about it and I saw it 2-3 days ago
1: that's fantastic I, it looks great the trailers have looked fantastic I didn't even really know what this movie was until like a month ago when it got added to the schedule and everything that I see all the promo this looks like it's going to be a fucking blast and not in a fun way it looks <laughs> like it's going to be an emotional workout Um, and I'm really looking forward to it and I love, I love talking some wrestling
0: are you familiar with the Von Erich story of the Von Erich family? Not
1: even not even remotely.
0: Okay, keep it that way because I knew who they were heading into the movie, just being a wrestling fan. Did not know their story in the slightest. Uh, keep it that way for yourself, Ty, because uh, I, I think it's better that way. I really do.
1: I can't wait. I, mean, I am really looking forward to this, and uh, it should be a fun pod next week, Jay.
0: Yeah, and in between now and then, I'm actually going to go to a live wrestling show, so uh, maybe I'll report back with that intel as well.
1: That'll be That'll be great for a podcast about a wrestling movie i can't wait
0: exactly timed it on purpose
1: (laughs) (laughs) you got anything else
0: that's all for me ty
1: go watch the iron claw we'll talk about it next week in the meantime
0: be a good friend everybody